Hey, we're in Portland. It's after the election, November 15th, 2016. Oh, yeah, so um, I thought that was really interesting. Uh, this is the first election that you've voted in. Yeah. And you voted for... Well, why don't you tell me? Well, I, I wrote in Bernie Sanders and Tulsi Gabbard. Oh, for president and yeah. vice president? Mm-hmm. Tulsi Gabbard, you said. I don't really know that much about Tulsi, unless oh, she shit. seems like cool lady. And she's part of the Democratic Party, right? Like, she's not independent. She is. <laughs> oh, fuck me. So there's like 12 vice chairs to the Democratic National Committee? Right. And she was one of them? Yeah, she was basically the first politician to come out and support of Bernie Sanders. But more than that, she was the first one to, like, say how the DNC was treating him during the primary was unfair. And, you know, it's coming from one of their 12 vice chairs. So it's, like, not your everyday uh, protest. So that's cool. She's a war veteran. I think, like, two terms, or uh, tours, I mean. Uh, Congresswoman from Hawaii... I think she's Hindi, so it's just, like, a lot of diversity in her. She's, like, Islander Samoa, I think, and, like, something else. Um, I met her in person. She's cool. I, like, introduced her for a speech, sort of. Indirectly introduced her for a speech, and, uh, I've, like, done that for a couple politicians, and then, but she was, like, one of the, like, you know, made eye contact, smiled, and then gave me, like, a jovial high five, like, yeah. I felt like, hell yeah, maybe that's because of her army background. I was like, rah, hoorah. She gave me that, though. I was like, yeah. Uh, she gave you that Bernie bro vibe? Or yeah. What do you call that? I don't know. Camaraderie? Yeah. Genuinity? Uh, authenticity. <laughs> and yeah. she's a woman. Oh, my God. All these women praising the wrong kind of politicians. It's insane. And, like, good ones are right in front of their eyes. Who are the good ones? Uh, you know, I'm sure there are a lot, but off the top of my head, Tulsi Gabbard, Tammy Duckworth, uh... Kamala Harris, maybe? Kamala Harris. There's this one other, I think she's, like, um, Somalian or something. She just got elected to... Nina Turner? Is she, but she doesn't have an office. She's not standing anymore. Jeff Merkley is dope. He's another, he's from Oregon. He's a senator. He's another one that, like, put his, I mean, he's a guy, though. Uh... Maggie Hassan, she's from New Hampshire. She's a senator now, but she's, like, all right. She was, like, super hardcore Clinton in the primary. But she's part of that, like, white lady Democrat coalition, you know, Elizabeth Warren. Even That's why, like, I would say Elizabeth Warren, but uh, I think her side... I was, like, a big Elizabeth Warren fan. Huge. Like, she was up there with Bernie before uh, the primary and everything then. Her silence in the primary definitely, like, hurt his campaign in Massachusetts, and he won by, like... Or she, he lost by, like, 2%, you know? I think, like, a senator like Elizabeth Warren's endorsement would break a 2% difference in that close, that contentious of a race. No doubt. Uh, and, you know, there's that saying, I don't know how it goes, but, like, silence is just as bad as, like, or, like, inactivity is just as bad as, like, the evil that is going on, because you're enabling it somehow. Elizabeth Warren's basically the enabler of Hillary Clinton, which has delivered as Donald Trump, so I've just, like, lost a lot of respect for her. Do you think you get respect back fairly quickly if she keeps doing the right things and what I mean, yeah, she's gonna stick. I mean, we're all on the same team. We don't really have the luxury to, like, be excising members at this point. But that's exactly what we need to do. 
Y'all doing interviews? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Kinda, I guess. <laughs> Test out this microphone. Um. Okay. Well, what are we doing? Like, what is what's ahead? Grassroots organizing. It's about the only thing left. Tell me about your experience with that. When you say that, Bernie, the Bernie campaign, and like, uh, no, let's go back to the booth. When the you wrote booth. in, when you wrote in Bernie. Well, here in Oregon, you mail in your ballot, so I just wrote it on my table inside, and then mailed it in. Uh, so it was really easy, and it was like, there's no pressure at all, so it's like when I was making my decision, I felt it was like my decision that I came to, you know? So before we start about, like, oh, where are we now? It's like we still are, like, tackling the same problems people have been tackling for, like, 30 years, like, voting equality, and, like, we have, like, some modern problems nowadays, like gerrymandering, and, like, those things can be combated on the local level, but, uh, you know, that starts with grassroots. It's the only reason Bernie had a chance in this election, despite everything. Grassroots are pretty strong, even though Bernie lost. Like, there's a lot against him, and, like, the grassroots stood there and, like, got stronger, got way stronger after this election. So, there's no point to abandon it now. Just got, like, a whole lot more data, more money, uh, fired-up base, uh, probably, like, smart people engaged, you know? So, it's just apathy that might keep us down. It's like, damn... Donald Trump's president, you know? It's like, what the fuck are we doing? It's like, why even go to work tomorrow, you know? It's like, I am part of a system that is, like, headed by Donald Trump, you know? And, like, my contribution helps this machine that Donald Trump and, like, a bunch of white supremacists are in charge of. So it's odd. It is an odd reality. Yeah. What's next for you, though? What's day two? I mean, day two was actually uh, when Bernie lost the the primary. Do you want to talk yeah, about day that? Yeah, day two. Yeah, because I caught because I did a little interview with you. Right, you knew it was going to happen. Yeah, and so when I did the interview with you, you were down. But you I fought. I work. fought like I didn't believe that. I fought like we still had a chance to win because, like you know, there's still that hope of like, oh, when the convention convenes, like maybe Hillary delegates will come to our side because they'll like listen to logic. And our delegates will, like, you know, argue with them well. It's like, hey, follow logic on this one, guys, if we want to be Trump like Bernie. We can still do that, despite what people voted, because we're delegates. They didn't, but, you know, that was the hope I was clinging on to all the way till, till California. What were you saying, though? I'm sorry. I'm just saying that I didn't lose hope, ever. And, like, people do in campaigns, and that shit does hurt. Especially when they're your leaders. Well, some people from the Bernie campaign, I know somebody that, I guess, worked for Bernie and then immediately started working for Hillary. A lot of people did that. A lot. Would you have done that? Uh, no. In fact, I just, like, those days after, I'd, like, we have little Facebook groups, you know, we, like, talk, safe space stuff, anything could be said. I'm like, all right, let's put that to the limit. Uh, so I'm like, it's like, damn, guys, day two, you're already, like, celebrating, like, you're already, you're already, like, on board with Hillary, you know, it's like, all that shit we were talking about six months ago, like, don't you remember when she, like, slammed young women feminists for being uninformed? Just, like, all the, it was like, what does that mean now, you know? What does that mean? It's like, secondly, do you really think she can win? It's like, I mean, people are going to be placing blame in this election, and, uh, I don't think that people that work for Hillary deserve a lot of blame, but, you know, Everyone's talking about campaign organizers unionizing, and it's like, I wonder if they if they were unionized right now, would they have, like, banded together and not worked for Hillary Clinton as, like, a protest? And it's like, no, we need Bernie Sanders, because, like, you know, deep down, that's where all organizers knew what we, was, like, the correct direction, you know? 
And, like, the answer is no, they wouldn't have. They definitely still would have worked for Hillary Clinton. So it's like... I don't know. The organizers, in a way, are just as, like, headstrong. And, like, they did make a wrong decision by going to Hillary Clinton's camp so fast because it reinforced the belief that she could win. You know, it's like, look, Bernie's head people are coming to our side because, like, they believe in us, too. They can get over it. And that was, like, yeah, a good point that they can make. And it's like, no, if you didn't do that... But, you know, Bernie did that, too, so... How did you feel when he did that? When he endorsed Hillary and... Uh, I mean, it's a, he's a senator. He's not gonna, like, throw away everything. Right. I mean, I thought he could have made a pretty good run for third party, but, like, he has experience of, like, arguably being a spoiler and, like, knows how that feels. Maybe he didn't want to do that again. He's playing, like, a political chess game, and I don't even know how the chess game works, so it's, like, it's hard to say what Bernie Sanders did for what reasons. But he's a smart guy. He's been doing what... I thought, I think I would have done, like, his whole life, you know? Admirable. Maybe a little bit out of touch. He's, like, old white and from Vermont, but he's working class, you know? And, like, that is a commonality that a lot of Americans have, which is definitely why he would have won against Trump, but... Yeah, that the identity of this election really got under my skin. No pun. A lot of people didn't attach themselves to Bernie because they didn't see their, whatever they think their struggle is and what he was saying. Which to me is kind of crazy, but... A lot of people did, though. A lot of people did. A lot of people did. So you're saying we should focus on that? Yeah. It's, like, still alive. And our mess, like, the things I learned from campaigning is, like, you just have to have strong messaging and stay consistent with it if you want to, like, have sway. And, like, I feel like we do have a really strong message where it's, like, if we just register young people to vote and we vote, we can, like, change the world how we see fit and 87 percent of them of millennials voted for voted democrats so right that's a blue it's a blueberry so you know what we can actually do that if we all just vote did that bother you the number of people that didn't show up to vote or do you see that as a kind of protest with laziness i mean i feel like i can sympathize with that protest of laziness because the first time i voted was for bernie sanders so I could have voted twice before, but I didn't. So I can sympathize with not voting for whatever reason. For me, I just, like, learned my lesson. And, like, I don't know, I was disappointed in people not recognizing the moment we had. It's like, put your bullshit aside, dude. Put your, like, your egotistical bullshit aside. And it's like, get down for some realness real quick and just vote for Bernie Sanders. It's like, who cares what he is? Obviously, he's speaking the truth. And I wasn't, like, a pol- political science major, but... I wasn't, I could, like, it's so obvious to tell when a politician is speaking the truth. And he was just, like, smart, and you could trust his background because of, like, YouTube and video evidence of everything he said. He's, like, never flip-flopped. Rarely flip-flopped. Authentic guy. I like that. Yeah, because that always surprised me that uh, you didn't vote for Obama in either election oh, yeah. and you know I, I was fired up and ready to go for Obama in 08 yeah uh well you know I try to stay like pretty honest 100% and that's just like you know a life goal just like maybe learn something true in this life like maybe being maybe the only way to do that is being an honest person maybe so like I just follow things 
kind of literally and like MLK said it's like don't judge me by the color of my skin but the content of my character and like I felt like a lot of people were judging Obama by the color of his skin in like a reverse racism way and it's just like kind of like liberal propaganda how like hyped up he was getting I was like what has he done it's like who is Obama who is Barack Obama it's like yeah he like is a really good speaker can understand why you like kind of like him but I was down for Hillary in a way just because I thought she was more qualified Really interesting, and I also voted for Hillary in the 08 primary because Barack Obama really broke the mold for a nobody becoming president. You know, clearly right. he's... I, I <laughs> There's no comparison to Trump, but he opened the door for an idiot like Trump, a reality star, to become president because at the time he was a junior senator, and the reason why he didn't uh, vote against the Iraq war is because he wasn't around to you know that to that was shocking to women white women who were stumping for hillary at that time you know and i kind of felt that same vibe this election with hillary in this election you know i hate you know vote saying voting with your vagina but uh, there's a lot of people that just really wanted to see a woman in that role i guess i don't know i don't get it i don't get it either because like if you're if you look beyond your Americanness and see yourself as a human being, you can see like other female leaders that have been elected in the Western world. So it's like it's not like it's never happened. Why have to be so dogmatic? Well, there's something else I wanted to say about Obama. I mean, I'm just really surprised you didn't vote in '08. You just really saw through that. I'm not down for that group mentality shit, dude. And like everyone I talked to didn't really have a great argument. They're like. Racism doesn't exist. We're about to elect a black guy. They're like so ready to eliminate racism by electing a black guy that they're like, you know, that was it. Well, Obama had a message of hope. Okay, there's an argument that if Hillary had gotten, I didn't a believe message it. Because when you talk about all the things that we need to change, you don't. It doesn't sound good at the end of the day. If you would like list out the litany of fucking problems that America has, and you come out with a smile, you're probably like a sociopath. You know. That's why I like Bernie Sanders. He, like, was pissed. Rightfully so. And, like, anyone someone, like, comes out of, like, a situation like that with a smile on, like, Obama, change. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. It's just, like, I, don't, I didn't understand how people, like, didn't feel the bullshit of it all. And, like, there was no substance to what he was saying. It was all just a lot of, like, good-sounding rhetoric. Which is what they've been given, like, you know, the past two times. George Bush, and it's like, this is just like, you know, liberal George Bush. It just sounds good to you. It's like, George Bush sounded good to Republicans, Barack Obama sounded good to you. And there's no, like, moving forward in how we elect our officials. Damn. That's a good, that's an honest analysis. I was 18. But then... And you knew he was going to win Oregon. Yeah. So you knew about the Electoral College, your first election. My first election was 2000, you know, when... When Bush was elected by, like, five votes in Florida in the Electoral yeah. College, that was how that was I hard. found out about that one. But he was he actually didn't... elected by the Supreme Court at the end of the day, though. Yeah. So, there's a lot of layers to that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and Demi- more Democrats went for Republicans than Republicans went for Democrats in Florida. So, you could argue that Democrats gave us George Bush, too. If they had just voted Democrat, they would have won. So all this blaming the Democrats do post-election is such bullshit. Because they never take an inward look, you know? Yeah. It's like, that's actually the problem. And that's like the fight right now. It's like, no, get rid of all the leadership, new people installed, you know? 
but people want to cling on to like the carcass of the Clinton legacy and like prop it up when we really need to like let the carcass rot and you know let the phoenix rise from the ashes. Yes. Yeah. Why are you trying to play like Death Eater, trying to raise the dead when you could just like you know let it die, let something new be born? So it needs to happen. It probably will happen. It's just a fight, which is frustrating. It's like this shouldn't have to be a fight. Within our own party. Yeah. We should be aligning ourselves against what might come. Not be right here, right now. I think your your roommate was talking. (laughs) It's all right. Yeah, you're good. You're good. Okay. Okay, so a point that was made to me on the Young Turks that really resonated with me is that if the Democrats had aligned themselves in any way with that 99% chatter that was going on in 2011, and Obama had run with that a little bit harder, you know, it could... Well, I don't know. Who who can really tell, but... I mean, Obama won, so he didn't really need to incorporate more. Yeah, but Hillary Obama. lost because... Oh, so like Obama... Because she couldn't say that she Obama, wasn't part of the 1%. She couldn't say it. And right. so, yeah. Well, Obama adopting lost. something doesn't necessarily mean Hillary would continue it. I'm saying the Democrats in general. Uh-oh. I'm using Obama because he's... It doesn't... You know, but if the Democrats had said, oh, you know what? We are the populist party. and uh, But they love their donors too much. So it's a, it's not really an argu- a good argument, yeah, actually. buddy. Money. I mean, because that was Bernie's slogan, you know? All of us. Whatever. <laughs> not, not paid for not by the, the billionaires. Not the 1%. Not paid the billionaires. Yeah. The billionaires. Get I your, love Bernie. Get your vacuum coins. <laughs> Save your vacuum pennies. <laughs> That'll add up. Just like your vote on Tuesday. <laughs> vacuum pennies. <laughs> so cracks me up how he talks. I know. Like, it's, it's the funny, he's the funniest guy. He's like, I can't believe we had that... It's like, do you not see the humor, too? It's like, yeah. talking about all this bad shit, and there's still time for levity. That burn laying on that podium, dude. Fuck. Symbols. Symbols. So what's next for you, bro? I don't know. Either be a teacher abroad, probably, like, Asia or Spain, or, like, the world. Just travel the world as a teacher. Or, uh... uh be a martyr and fucking, I guess, like, go into grassroots organizing. Like, the main reason I want to be a teacher is to, like, get away from white culture of America, because, like, I just vibe better with people from other places. Bottom line, for me. Uh, But then, you know, I do see, like, as that, as, like, that's, like, the reason that kept me here to work for Bernie. It's, like, I I had a trip to go to Spain and, like, you know, be a teacher. Cordoba. Really a place I wanted to go. Uh work for Bernie just like you know the same arguments that might be keeping me here now it's like fuck am I abandoning a hope oh but like local organizing it's like it's I mean it's just inundated with the same kind of white culture that I'm trying to escape in every other avenue of American life so that's what do you why, mean by white culture? Because I get this all the time. Like, well, what do you mean by white culture? What do you mean by people? white culture? Most, uh, <laughs> what do you mean? Because I'm white and, like, I don't, I don't hate black people. What do you mean by white culture? Subjectively, I think it's just, like, an unwillingness to be yourself or, like, a s- kind of, like, apprehensive to be completely honest. 
as subjectively. You can't really, like, have evidence to support that, though. Um, white culture. Like, 80% of the culture is at least white. Like, most of the people are white in organizing, no matter how you slice it. So, number one, most are white. Uh, so what's the thing that connects their whiteness, other than the color, color of their, their skin? skin? What, you know, the content of their character? Their life, like, commonalities, everything else. They're, like, things that connect you in life. If you're, like, black or, like, Asian or, like, Hispanic, I've noticed that, like, you can probably relate to having, like, a crazy parent that may have hit you one time that, like, you really remember, you know? And, like, you can laugh about that with your friends as you get older, and that's, like, something that brings you together. When you're a white person, it's, like, you relate over, like, doing summer camp or some, like, white shit, you know? Or, like, having memories of, like, <laughs> picnics. <laughs> it's like, if you've gone on a picnic with your family, I bet you have if you were white. <laughs> Actually, my family, my parents were, like, way too fucking stressed to go on, like, a nice little picnic like that, but... And, like, if you're black or Hispanic, you can probably relate to that as well. But they know how to eat. Damn, so do Asians. We need more picnics. That's what I'm gonna propose. We need to come together. I mean, I'm kind of high. You're kind of, like, getting me with these questions about white culture. It's such a big question. It's, like... I don't know. You could probably do a lot of studies about what white culture is. Well, we're going to come away with a ton of data from this election. I'm really curious about a lot of things, and I'm, it's, it's possible it's to measure... It's a class thing. Because, hmm. like, most white people have more money per capita than, like, every other race, so... It's a class thing. And when you go into organizing, yeah, it's like most of the people there are not, like, in the poverty line. They're not rich, but... They're not teetering on the damn edge. They yeah. got time to go into they got full-time hell, watering. They got hella time. So it's like, I don't understand how they have hella time, you know? So they must have a little money tucked away. Tucked away. Tucked away money. I mean, it's cool that they're doing this, though, with hella time. It's like, I don't want to hate, but it's just like when all of you do it, that creates a white culture, which is like not going to get the flux of voters that you need or like enthusiasm because that's not what people want at all obviously we just voted for donald trump you know <laughs> we want something else and like we want it to be slightly entertaining maybe hopefully at least engaging we want it to be engaging <laughs> just engage people in politics in an authentic way not this like hormetically sealed uh, precarious it's like donald trump like let loose the lions you know and, like, people thought it would fail, and it did not. So I think we could, like, you know, be a little bit more bold in the Democratic Party. And so what people want, we want some boldness. Stop pussyfooting around. 